do what you call us to do. You're the light of the world, and you called us to be the light of the world. Let us be the light. Let us let your anointing flow on us, Lord. And let us hear exactly what you have for us to say. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Amen. Would somebody say, would somebody say, Jesus saw much people? Jesus saw much people. He saw them, and he had a way that he saw them. He saw them as sheep that did not have a shepherd. He was concerned for them. He had compassion for them. But when the disciples spoke, when the disciples spoke, they had an entirely different perspective. And they said, look, this is a bunch of people, and we don't have anything to give them. Yeah. We are at a loss here, Lord. We don't have anything here. We have no way to take care of these people. We are at a loss. Yeah. They're sheep without a shepherd. I, listened, I heard a story recently of a man. The year was 1986. The year was 1986. Uh, on the radio, they had just announced that the Chernobyl nuclear disaster had happened, and this man was on a highway somewhere between Florida and Maine, and he decided it was time to go back home to Maine. His name was Christopher Knight, and he just kept driving and driving until he finally found some woods in Maine, hopped out of his, hopped out of his car, abandoned it, and left the keys, and he entered the woods. He would not speak another word to a human being until the mid-90s when a person passed him in a wooded trail and said hi. And he responded, hi. He, during that time, became known as the hermit of North Pond. He lived there alone in solitude. He... Uh, would break into camps and vacation homes that he knew no one was in at the time because he memorized people's patterns. He knew when they were gone for the weekend, and he knew they wouldn't be back till Monday. He knew when they were gone for the week and wouldn't be back till Saturday. He knew that they were going to disappear to their relatives during the Christmas season, so he would break in during the month of December. He wouldn't grab valuable things. He would grab necessary things or things that he was particularly fond of. He uh, never really grew out of his eating habits that he had at the time, for he was only 20 years old. So he still ate like a 20-year-old when he was in his mid-40s, still eating things such as Pop-Tarts and other various sweets. He never matured. He just, he, he did keep up with style because he didn't want anyone to think he was crazy if they happened to bump into him in town. And the only time that anyone saw him, he, he, he got a, there was a legend around him. They was like, well, someone is doing this. We know it's not our neighbors. We know it's not anyone in particular. And the reason that he was able to do all this was because the one and only job he ever held was working for a security company back before he got fired in 86. 
He disappeared. He never talked to his family and was not found until 2013 when a cop and security systems had finally gotten better than he knew how to deal with. When a cop found him breaking into a camp for the disabled to raid the pantry. He was never found. He didn't see the point. He just never saw the point of connecting with people. His family was never particularly close. And in fact, his family never put out a missing person. There was a man in Texas who said, you know, he never would have got away with that down here because we're too friendly. We're too friendly and we care too much about our private property. It wouldn't have worked down here in the South, but it worked in Maine. It worked quite well because he never was connected with people. Everyone who knew him during high school, he had a couple friends here and there, but no one, everyone was like, well, he was quiet. I never really knew anything about his dad, never really knew anything about his mom. I mean, they lived, their entire family lived down the road, and I'm pretty sure I've never spoke to him. Just wasn't close to people. And he didn't see the point in getting to know people. So he, I mean, he, he, he figured it was enough that, you know, I listened to the radio and that I stole. I, I watched the TV a little bit until finally it went out. And isn't that enough that I, I read books and stuff like that? I had enough human connection. In fact, when he finally got back to human connection in a prison system in Maine, it was then that he started to look and feel like he was crazy in his mind. When he got to, when he was released from prison and put on probation, that's when he started having suicidal thoughts. When he started living back at home again, it was totally backwards from how people think. Because God put it this way in the book of Genesis. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make someone to be with him. I will make someone to spend time with him. You see, a man living alone in the woods is what Adam was. But God said, that's not good. We are not meant to be alone. We're not meant to be separated. We're not meant to be wandering around in a desert with no shepherd to take care of us. We're not meant to be alone. And that's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus spoke. And he said, hey, we've got to take care of these people because they're like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. I was reading. Uh, I picked up my phone. I clicked on the news icon that Apple puts together for you if you have an iPhone. And I saw an article that the Atlantic had put out on January 27, 2021. It said the pandemic has erased entire categories of friendship. There's a reason you miss people you don't even know that well. You see, what they were talking about, they were watching a Netflix movie, and because, you know, that's what everyone's been doing here lately over the course of the last year because there's not much else to do. They've been logging on to Netflix and letting all their time disappear other than doing some other things. Everyone's binge watching stuff right now because you can't go to a mall or you can't go to a buffet. And that's what this article's about. Said so I was watching a Netflix movie and I saw a I saw a set where they showed a man inside of a bar watching a sports game. And I suddenly realized they weren't do they weren't portraying that the way that I remember it. They remembered it as, you know, you've got all those people watching it together with you. 
that shared experience, that you have that shared connection of watching something with 500 people watching a sports game with strangers you don't even know. Now, I'm not saying any one of you need to be hanging out in a bar. I'm just saying that picture, those loose connections is what they end up talking about later on down the way. They talk about when you used to be able to, talking about walking into a Starbucks or into a different restaurant and that person who knows you because you go there every single week starts making your order before you even get to the cash register because they know you. That doesn't happen in a world of drive-thru only. That doesn't happen uh, that you don't walk up to newsstands and buy newspapers anymore and someone waves and say, hiya, how you doing? You, there, there's not, you're not seeing these people in quite the same way when you're doing online-only school that people you don't have the same class with, but you pass in the hallway every day and wave to them. That's not happening anymore because you've been stuck on online-only. And it's so much easier. Like they even go into talking about Zoom meetings and how different they are from business meetings. Yeah. Because when you get on Zoom, there's one purpose. And in fact, in fact, it says there are people nowadays, the people who you, you used to see and just wave and say hi, you might know their first name, but not their last name. But you say hi all the time because you have the same style and clothing, or you go to the same restaurants, or you are fans of the same TV show, or you're, or you're reading the same books and going to the same stores. You don't know. But in your head, you're thinking, man, I wonder what's going on in their life now. It's not the type of person, or, or even maybe you are friends with them to some degree, but you're not close enough friends that you're hitting up in column and that you would say, hey, let's FaceTime, because you think, well, that'd be weird. What am I talking about? That's what everyone's wondering, right? What, what's your point? Why are you talking about hermits and talking about pandemic psychology? There is one connection, and that is that Jesus cares about everyone, and he wants you to care about everyone. Yeah. Amen. Sister Vesta Mangan put it this way, said, you have never locked eyes with someone that Jesus didn't love. You've never locked eyes with another human being that Jesus did not love. Brandon Heath put it this way. I look down from a broken sky traced out by city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. I touch down on a cold blacktop, hold on for a sudden stop, breathe in the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people are going somewhere why have I never cared? Yeah. You see, Jesus looked down and he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. The disciples looked down and said, why don't you send them home? Yeah. Jesus said, I care for you, cast all your cares on me. But so often the church has said, man, that guy is annoying. Why won't he leave? So often we look across the pew and we say, why are you even here? 
You're not cooperating. You're not involved. You're staring at your phone during service. You're watching a movie. You're flirting with your girlfriend. Why are you here sitting on the back row? Why are you here staring down at your phone? Why are you here if you're not going to get involved in the service already? Why are you even here? What's the point of you being here? Jesus said, they are like sheep without a shepherd. Teach them. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Go get them some bread. Give them something to eat. Don't send them home and hope they get something to eat. Give them something to eat. How are we going to do that? We don't have enough money. We don't have enough bread. Jesus said, well, what do you have? How many loaves do you have? Go check it out. Well, there's somebody here in the midst of all of us that has five loaves and two fishes. Sounds good to me. Sit him down. And the disciples are still thinking, what on earth? How does Jesus see people? In John chapter 3, he saw people on rooftops and told them that they must be born again when they realized that he must be from God. In John chapter 4, he saw someone at high noon at a well and asked for something to drink and then told them, I'm all the drink you need. In Mark chapter number 3, he was in a synagogue and he saw someone as having a withered hand and he said, step out, stretch out your hand. Yeah. How did people see them? Well, that woman at the well was seen as undesirable, unwanted, and messed up. How did the people see them? Well, in John chapter 3, Nicodemus was seen as a teacher in Israel, but Jesus saw them as a, as a man who didn't understand even the most basic element of the kingdom of God. In Mark 3, that man with a withered hand was seen as impure and probably not worthy to be there hiding in the middle of a crowd. Zacchaeus was seen as a hated tax collector. Levi was seen as a hated tax collector. But Jesus told both of them, I want to go to your house and eat. Amen. I'm talking today about what Brandon Heath ends up finishing out in the song. I'm talking about, give me your eyes. Amen. You see, I was talking to Texas yesterday. I guess you'll be hearing this if you listen to his podcast. But I said, do you realize that every light that you see in a house or in, on a car represents someone who owns that thing and lives inside of there and they have a soul that Jesus cared about and died for and he wanted to give his life for. He gave his life for this church. He gave his life for these people. 
You see, all throughout the Bible, we hear about people that Jesus talked to that no one else would have talked to. They saw them as unclean, unworthy, messed up. Or maybe they saw them as too good, and they saw, they saw them as puffed up. What's the reputation that, that you hear when you hear Pharisee? You hear, oh, that, that, those are the hypocrites. Those are the messed up ones. Those are the ones that Jesus called vipers. No, that's not what he called Nicodemus. That's not what he called Paul. When he, when he called Paul, one of the, when, this was after Jesus had done died. This was after the Holy Ghost was poured out. When he said, I want you to go talk to Saul of Tarsus, how did people see him? Well, the man answered and he said, have you not heard, Lord, what he's doing to your church? Jesus said, no, he's a chosen vessel. He's not a, he's not crooked. He's not messed up. He's a chosen vessel. Amen. Peter saw himself and he, he told Jesus, I'm a sinful man, Lord. Get away from me. You don't want to talk to me. But later on, he would say, no, your name is not Simon. You are Peter. Yeah. For upon, and upon this rock, I will build my church because you Flesh and blood didn't reveal this thing to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Because you, out of all these people, have the revelation that I am the mighty God in Christ. Amen. Give me your eyes, Lord. Give me your eyes. Because I am missing stuff. I am missing things. I am not noticing things. I am missing out. I don't want to miss out on this. I don't want to be messed up. I don't want to not know what I'm doing. So, Lord, please give me your eyes. Because even so often we hear these people and they think they're messed up. You see, Nicodemus, no one thought he was messed up. Most of the people said, Jesus himself said, you're a teacher in Israel. Don't you understand this? You're a teacher among teachers. Surely you understand this. I think we, so often, we have the wrong perspective of some of these people that Jesus saw in the Bible. Because we like to talk about, oh, Pharisees, those are terrible people. No, Pharisees were relentlessly trying to please God. They were relentlessly trying to please God. That's the reason they didn't like Jesus was because they were relentlessly trying to please God. At least they're trying. Well, they're horrible. They're horrible. They're, they're messed up. They they tear down again. They tear down. They tore down Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's where Nicodemus came from. That's where that's where Paul came from. Well, they're still wrong. They're messed up. You know that church down the street's messed up. They're just a bunch of they're, they're they don't even know the truth. They're trying their best. They're trying their hardest. They're trying to live right. 
You need to get the eyes of Jesus and say, look, that church down the street needs Jesus just as much, so I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to try and find some sort of common ground with them. It's easier to find common ground with them than it is some of the other people. You know, someone who got the eyes of Jesus was someone who realizes, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. That's what Paul said. I don't deserve it. I persecuted the church. I did horrible things. So because of that, I understand I don't deserve any of this. That's what makes me willing to become all things to all men. That by all means, I might gain some. So, to the Jew, I will be a Jew. To the Greek, I will be a Greek. To the weak, I'll be as weak. To the strong, I'll be like I'm strong. So, that's that's what Jesus did. That's someone who got a hold of the picture that Jesus got a hold of. Because when Jesus talked to a woman at the well, he became as thirsty so that he could win a thirsty song. When Jesus talked to Nicodemus, he became a teacher so he could reach a teacher. Yes. When Jesus talked to a man with a withered hand, he became vulnerable to criticism so that he could help someone who was vulnerable to criticism. Yeah. To a fisherman, he talked about, I'll make you a fisher of men. Yeah. To so many to hungry people, he said, I am the bread. You see, you can reach someone, you can help someone, but we've got to pray that God will give us his eyes because he sees them as lost. He sees them as thirsty. He sees them as hungry. He sees them as confused. He sees them as hopeless. He sees them as messed up. He sees them as needing a shepherd. Is there anyone here that thinks, you know what, that's me. That's me, I'm confused. That's me, I don't get it. That's me, I'm depressed. That's me, I'm messed up. That's me. But you know what? We need Jesus to give us his eyes even for us. We need him to give him our, we need to give our, we need him to give us his eyes even for us because we so often see ourselves as hopeless. We so often see ourselves as useless. We so often see ourselves, you know what, I'm not as good as someone else. I'm not as good as that one. I'm not as good as her. I'm not as good as him. I don't have what it takes. I am useless. God, I don't have anything. But what Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. I've got something for you. You see, you think you have to get separated from the whole crowd for me to even talk to you, Zacchaeus. You think you're too short. So, but I went ahead and put that tree there so that you could see me. I'm the one that planted that tree. I'm the one that put that there for you. Zacchaeus heard Jesus was coming, but he was too short. So he decided to he decided to get himself separated out from the crowd and he climbed up in a tree. But we serve a God who makes trees. He's the one who made sure that that tree was there because he knew one day I'm going to be coming and there's going to be a man that's, that is hated by everyone because he's a dirty, rotten tax man. But when Zacchaeus came along, he climbed up there 
And Jesus was walking by. For some reason, he looked up at that exact moment. And he said, oh, you think you have to be in a tree, huh? Come down. You think you have to get out of place. Come down. Because, you know what? I came into town just so I could go to your house. Amen. At a different time, they asked me, I said, Jesus, why on earth are you hanging why are you hanging out at the homes of tax collectors and sinners? Why are you going to the homes of tax collectors and sinners? He said, those that are well don't need doctors. The sick need doctors. I'm not here to help those who think they're okay. I'm here to bring sinners to repentance. I'm not here for those that think they're okay. I'm here for the messed up ones. Amen. So there's a twofold answer here. If you think you're okay, then you should be reaching for someone who's sick. And if you're messed up, then you should be looking to for a doctor. Amen. Because there is a doctor in this house. There is a doctor here to help Amen. you. There's a doctor here to save you. And he came to this earth to save sinners. He came to this earth to help sinners. You know how Jesus sees you? He sees you as the one he's here to talk to today. Amen. He's here for you today. What is the purpose of church? I asked the class this, and they were just like, what? I asked us in Sydney this day in class, and they said, huh? What is the purpose of the church? I'm not sure. Because, and honestly, I don't think many people know. They come to this church because, well, the answer, the answer I got was because mom told me to be here. <laughs> That's the truth for most people. That's the truth for a lot of people. I'm here because I was told I'm supposed to be. Well, I, I've been. I, my grandma told me my whole life I was supposed to be at church, so even though grandma's been dead 20 years, I go to church. Why? What is the purpose of the church? It is for the Perfecting of the saints for the working of the ministry to edify the body of Christ. What does that mean? Perfecting the saints. It's to build you up. It's to make you better. It's to make you better. It's to perfect you. It's to make you mature, understanding, whole. You're broken. You're messed up. He's here to fix broken and messed up. Yes, amen. He, it's for the working of the ministry, and that does not mean for the preaching of the word. It is for the working of the ministry. That doesn't mean for the teaching of the Sunday school class. It's for the working of the ministry. That doesn't mean for the singing of the worship music. That it's for the working. It's for the working of the ministry. That means for serving people. For serving people. When it says he ministered to him in the Bible, that means he took care of him. He, he, he fed him. He served him. When it says that 
Peter's mother-in-law was healed, it says, and then she ministered to them. That means she started cooking. I love the way they illustrated this in the Chosen TV show. They, they said, uh, they, Jesus went and healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then immediately she's like, have you eaten? And she gets up and gets in the kitchen, and she says, Peter, do your friends like this food? Do you, what, what's your friends like to eat? She starts talking, and she's like, Peter, get in here, help me. Peter, get in here, help, help, help your mama, help your mother-in-law. You, you get those pots, you get those pans. That's what she started doing. So when the working of the ministry means somebody needs to be boiling hot dogs and someone needs to be getting buns together, someone needs to get the ketchup ready for those hot dogs that we have for snack today. Working in the ministry, that means that what that means when Bethany put these flowers together and then vacuumed up the mess that was left behind, the working of the ministry, that doesn't mean necessarily this. We need the eyes of Jesus, and in the eyes of Jesus, the purpose of the church is the working of the ministry, and that doesn't mean the preaching of the word. Sometimes that means the preaching of the word. Sometimes that means teaching a Bible study. Sometimes that means someone needs to get a lesson together for a Sunday school class. But sometimes that means we need someone to mow the yard. Sometimes that means that we need someone to go knock on someone's door and see if they're okay. Sometimes that means we need someone to just give somebody a phone call. Sometimes Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Because when that happens, that's when churches grow. That's when we become what Jesus called us to be. We are the body of Christ. And we need to be built up. We need to make something new. We need to make a change. Things got to change. Give me your eyes. Lord, give me your eyes. Because when Jesus see, saw the crowd, he said, it's time to teach. It's time to teach. They all got together and he said, it's time to teach. He began to teach them many things. He began to teach them many things. And then it got late and they got hungry. And he said, give them something to eat. And the disciples said, we don't have anything. He said, oh yes, you do. Five loaves, two fishes, that's enough for me. Harvest house said, but, but Lord, our, our ministry staff's a bit low. We, we, we used to have a full platform of singers, and now we don't. Um, you, you, you know, um, we, we, we lost our men's director. Um, we, uh, we went through a rough patch of a year or two or five. Yeah. God, we don't have anything. What do you got? Well, we got a few classrooms downstairs. We, we got uh, we got a drummer, piano player. We 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 we've got a we got a pastor. 
uh, we, we, we've got some uh, we, we, we've got some people that know how to run a Facebook page and uh, some, some folks that downloaded an app to start some podcasts um, we got a Facebook page um, but what's that among so many give it to me and sit them down. Give it to me and sit them down. Maybe you're not Harvest House and you're saying, God, I got nothing. He said, Oh, you got some? You just walked into a church today. You followed me out to this desert. You see the verses before this that said Jesus when he, it, it says that Jesus and his disciples departed to a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing and many had heard about him. They knew him. They ran thither out of every city and out went them and came to him. And Jesus saw it said, these people are confused. They're lost. They're like sheep without a shepherd. So he said, it's time to teach. And that's what you, if you're here today and you feel confused, lost, and hopeless, that's what Jesus sent me. He sent pastor. He sent my mom and my sister to do today. To teach you some stuff. But what I'm teaching you here today, if you are confused and lost and you don't know what you're doing, you just know, hey, I heard church. I heard at church there's this guy named Jesus and he knows how to help me. You see, I've been depressed and not knowing what to do. You see, I, 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 this year has messed me up and I don't know what to do now. These past few years have messed me up and I feel a lot, a lot hopeless. Well, he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said that I came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That name of the Lord, Peter pointed out, was Jesus. He said, I and my Father are one. That you can come to Jesus and he will help you. He will deliver you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will send my comforter. He said that after, right before his ascension into heaven, he said, go to Jerusalem, tarry, and wait for that promise, which, say, which he said, you have heard of for you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you, and you will be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, even unto the uttermost part 
even unto Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So they went, they went, and they waited in an upper room in Jerusalem. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in that one place. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house where they were sitting. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And then this thing got noised abroad. And it was that verse that I read in Mark all over again. Many knew him and ran afoot thither out of all the cities and out went them and came together unto him. They, it was noised abroad, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men out of every nation. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, so forth, so on. And they all come together and they said, what meaneth this? And some of them doubted and they said, these men are drunk with new wine. And then Peter stood up in the midst of them and he said, these men are not drunk as ye suppose. See, it's just the third hour of the day. It's, it's 9 a.m., nothing. We're, we're not drunk. We're not that crazy. We're not, messed, we're not that messed up. And he said, but this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it will come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out my spirit. He went on. He kept preaching. He kept spreading the word. He taught them many things. He went on and he finally said, you see, this Jesus is the one that the Lord glorified. He has been made both Lord and Christ. And ye crucified him. You messed up big time. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's that promise that he said. It's that comforter that he offered. And he said, this promise is to you. To your children, to them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, he did exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward, this messed up generation. It's a messed up generation out there. And we need to save ourselves. Because in the eyes of Jesus, this world is sheep. This world is like sheep without a shepherd. And that Holy Ghost, that offering of Jesus is what we need to be saved. I'm, I'm coming to a close. Bethany, please come. You see, we need to be saved. Yes, this world is messed up. Yes, Harvest House, it don't look like you got much. Yes, you may be here and you don't even have the Holy Ghost. You've never heard that there be such a thing as a Holy Ghost. 
And if so, I will echo the words of the Apostle Paul when he said, then how were you baptized? And they told him they were baptized, but it wasn't in the name of Jesus. It was unto John's baptism. You see, we've repented before we told God we were sorry for our sins. But we decided to turn away from sin. He said, no, no, no. Just turning away from sin is not enough. He said, he, he, John baptized you so that there was one coming after him. That's Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus, the mighty God in Christ, Jesus, God manifest in flesh. Jesus said that you will receive the Holy Ghost. And that he would come to offer himself and give you the Holy Ghost. In that very hour, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they all received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we need today. That's what we need today. You see, that's the food that Jesus is offering here today. You're feeling hopeless. You're feeling messed up. If you've ever had received the Holy Ghost before, it is for you again today. If you've never received the Holy Ghost before, it is for you here today. And if you're just confused, if you're not seeing that there's anyone that still needs this thing, they need this thing. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And these altars are open up. These altars are open up right now. If you need the eyes of Jesus, just come to these altars. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can repent today. You can, you can talk to pastor. You can talk to one of your friends. You can talk to us, and you can be baptized. You can be baptized today. You can be baptized next week. You can be baptized tomorrow. We'll find some way to put to do it. We'll talk to you about it. We'll, if you still don't feel like this message is enough to explain it to you, we, we can set up a Bible study about it. If you're someone who's watching this later, just give us a comment, give us a message, and we'll get together with you about it. If, you, if you've not received the Holy Ghost, you can receive it today. If it's been too long, if you're feeling messed up, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling like you don't have anything, the eyes of Jesus are, are here to be given to you. It's here today. It's for you today. You've never locked eyes with anyone that Jesus did not love. Someone that Jesus did not die for. No matter where you are on the planet, everyone you see was someone that Jesus died for. So let's see everything that we've been missing. Pray for Jesus to give you his eyes.
Oh, <laughs> 